Amen. While well, we are in uh, the book of uh, the book of James, and uh, as we uh, as we're beginning in uh, verse thirteen, I do want to talk to you about what today's message is all about. Today's message is about wisdom. Okay, who has it? Who doesn't? Who wants it? And how do we get it? You know, all these questions will be answered and so much more. And I do want to share with you that before we talk about wisdom, I do want to define it. Because it's important for us to understand, what is wisdom? And I'm going to give you a thorough definition. And the definition is the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. You know, that's a lot to remember. But what I do want to give you is an easier definition. And the easier definition is, how do we apply the knowledge that we have? And that's what it's all about. What are you going to do with it? See, knowledge and wisdom, they are two different things. And I want to define knowledge so that we understand the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is what? Knowing facts, right? That's what knowledge is all about. It's about knowing things. It's about knowing facts. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is how are you going to use it? How are you going to use this knowledge? It is the right use of knowledge. And I want to give you an example. An example so that we understand this, right? Think of it this way. If I saw a rattlesnake, you know, we got all the grass out there, right? And we got all the the holes and, and stuff that the gophers have made. And if I saw a snake and I saw a rattle on that snake, would I go up to that snake and say, Oh, wow, look, there's a snake. Let me play with the rattle. You know, knowledge is knowing that, you know what, that's a snake and it's dangerous. What is wisdom? Wisdom is running away, right? Running as fast as you can. See, and that's one thing that, that uh, for us, you know, God wants us to have wisdom. God wants us to use his wisdom. You know, when it comes to Christians, are we using wisdom appropriately? You know, am I living out what God has asked me to live out? I'm going to give you a proverb here, and it's Proverbs 4, 7. It says, wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. See, man has always sought wisdom, right? One thing that we seek is wisdom. One thing that you and I have always sought is wisdom. But where is it that we get our wisdom from? You know, there's many people that are out there, right? That are giving out wisdom. You know, and there's people that are going to the wrong sources. You know, many of us turn on the TV, right? And we look to Dr. Phil. To Dr. Phil to give us the wisdom that we need to know how to live our lives. Many go to what? They, well, they used to turn on Oprah, but Oprah's not on anymore. So they're looking at other programs to gain wisdom in order to live life appropriately. Or some are reading self-help books, right? Books written by man about how to gain wisdom, how to do certain things, how to be a certain person. And we know that there's been philosophers from the beginning of time, right? We look at Socrates, you look at Plato, and you look at the wisdom that they offered man. But when it comes to us as Christians, where is it that you and I are to get our wisdom? We get our wisdom from God. We get our wisdom from from His Word. We know that it all begins with him. I'm going to read to you from Proverbs 9.10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, wisdom starts and wisdom ends with him. And let's begin by reading now here in verse 13. 
of James chapter 3. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. You know, the question is thrown out there, right? Who is wise? Who is understanding among you? You know, he's talking about, you know, living in this world. You know, where is our wisdom? Who has that wisdom to live life appropriately? You know, James wasn't talking to just anybody. He is talking to believers. We must always remember that James was talking to believers. So this question about who is wise and who has understanding among you, this question is thrown out to you. Which one of you are wise? Which one of you have understanding? When it comes to God's word, we know it is alive. And we know that it's living. And so God is asking us today this very question. And as he gives us an answer here, I love the answer he says. He says, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. When it comes to wisdom, wisdom, as he says, is shown by good conduct. He's saying that it's shown by deeds, right? When we think about this, you think to yourself, you know what? We always thought wisdom always had to do with the mind, right? You think that people are always going to school, right, to get smarter and to get better. We've seen that there are people that are brilliant. There are geniuses out there, right? And yet you look at their lives and their lives are falling apart. You look at their marriages. Their marriages are falling apart. You look at their kids. You know what? There's just no, you know what? There's, there's nothing stable going on within their house. But yet they have wisdom, right? They've gone to school, But see, that is not what it's about. As James is talking about, wisdom is not measured by your degree. It's measured by what? By your deeds, he's saying. This is how we can measure the wisdom that we have. How are you living your life? This is what James is saying. You know, the Bible says that, you know what? If we are wise in our conduct, Our deeds will reflect this. And we know one thing about us as Christians. When does wisdom begin in our lives? It begins when you surrender yourself to the Lord. When you say yes to Jesus Christ. When you say, you know what? Yes, I'm coming to you in faith. And you receive him and you open your heart to him. That is when wisdom begins. And why do I say this? I'm going to read from Colossians 2.3. It says there, That in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and understanding. So if he holds all wisdom and all understanding, when we receive him and when we allow him into our hearts, then guess what he's going to give us? The wisdom and the understanding to live a life that is filled with abundant joy, abundant life. See, this is what he wants to give us, right? But it comes by humility, right? We got to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, you know what? I can't live this life that is pleasing to you or to anyone, right? Because we see how much of a mess up we are. We need to surrender our lives to the Lord so he can work it all out. So he can just do what? He can make beauty out of ashes. You know what? We all fall short. And none of us are pleased with how we live our lives until we come to the Lord. 
And He shows us how to live appropriately. Only He can do that. I can't do that. No one can do that. No man can do that. Only God can do that. And as He says here, our works are to be done in the meekness of wisdom. You know, what does He mean by in the weakness, in the meekness of wisdom? If we define meekness from its Greek word, you know what meekness means? It means power under control. That's what meekness means. And you know what the Greek word was used for? It was used for a horse that has been broken and his power was now under control. If we think about this, right? Think about wild horses. Think about stallions. I think the last movie that came out was on a horse was War Horse, right? When we think of that movie, what good was that horse when it just ran on its own? It wasn't good and effective until they began to control the horse and use it to plow the fields, use it to ride on to get from one place to another. See, This meekness that James is talking about, it's for us too. See, when it comes to our lives, unless we're humbled and broken by the Lord, right? Can He use us effectively? Can He use us for His purpose and for His glory? See, the Lord desires that we would humble ourselves. And you know what? He knows that, you know what? As people, we do need a breaking. And we know that He does this. And He's able to use us. And we know that certain people will always look at meekness as being weak. Think about that, right? People will always say, you know what, as far as meek people, you know what, they're weak. You know what, they don't do anything. They don't fight back. They don't, you know what, they don't, uh, they don't argue. They're not there to get their own agenda done. You know what, it's not about them. You know what, just, they just seem to yield to things. You know, Jesus is described when he came on earth as being meek. Does not Jesus contain all the power that there is in this world? And yet he walked in meekness. See, when it comes to us, we can easily exercise and do what the world says, right? We can lash out, we can be power hungry, and we can do all these things to attain what the world promotes. But we don't behave that way. And why is it that we don't behave that way? Because, see, we're able to exercise self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit, right? And the Lord asks, and the Lord is telling us, you know what? I want there to be the meekness of of wisdom in your life. And if we put meekness and wisdom together, what do we have? You know, when we think about meekness, right? It's the right use of power. And when we think about wisdom, it's the right use of knowledge. See, we have both of these together, right? Using your power and your wisdom for the glory of who? The glory of God. It's not for our glory. It's not for our personal glory which is what the world would want to promote within us, but it is for the glory of God. See, the wrong type of wisdom 
It doesn't look to God. But it looks to man. It looks to us. And this is the wisdom that as, as James is going to talk about in verse 14. As we keep reading it says. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts. Do not boast and lie against the truth. See the wrong wisdom that we get, whether it be from man, whether it be from the world, whether it be from Satan, is to have bitter envy, to be self-seeking, to be boastful, and to be liars. This is what it's telling us here. This is what the wisdom of, 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 of man, of the world, and of Satan is promoting. See, this is all false wisdom. And I want to talk about these so that we get a good sense or a good understanding of what this is. Let's talk about bitter envy. Remember, he's talking to Christians here, okay? As a Christian, if you have a heart of envy, living a life that is consumed with envy, this is not from above. To be envious is to be what? It's to be upset at somebody else's blessings. That's what it is, right? Somebody else that has been blessed, you're envious of their blessings. Remember, every good and perfect gift is from above, right? And if it is from above, you're envious at what God has given them. And this is wrong. For Christians, what is it that the Word of God tells us? It tells us that, you know what? When one member is honored, we rejoice. We're happy for them. See, envy should not be in our hearts. It is a terrible and a bad attitude towards someone else's blessing. When it comes to self-seeking in Christians, you know what? In Christians, it means that, you know what? You're, you have a selfish ambition. You know what? What you want to do is you want to receive glory and honor. And, that, uh, and receiving that is either going to be by the things that you do or by the p- position that you're wanting to gain. See, in a church, things like this happen. There are self-seeking uh, individuals that want to receive glory and honor. And we know that, you know what, isn't this what the world promotes? You know, the world promotes what? Uh, promote, you know what, promote yourself. You know what, seek praise. You know what, you want to be a celebrity. You want to be a star, right? You want to receive glory and honor from other individuals. And this is what the world is promoting, right? It wants you to reach a certain plateau so that you can be glorified as individuals. I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In chapter 1, verse 29, it gives us a proper perspective when it comes to a self-seeking heart. In verse 29, it says that no flesh should glory in his presence. And it's talking about the presence of God, the presence of the Lord. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, 
who became for us what we're talking about, wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He says that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. See, anything that we glory about, there's nothing in us to glory in. There's nothing in us to say, you know what, I want praise from man because none of it is from us. You know, we live in a world that classifies itself as dog eat dog. And what does that mean? I mean, we've heard the word dog eat dog. It means to eat or to be eaten. That's what that means. You know what? You're either going to survive or you're going to, you know what? Or people are going to just trample all over you. And we've seen it. You know, this behavior happens in churches where people are trying to make position or people are trying to receive glory for themselves. And the Lord wants us to have the proper perspective. Whose kingdom are you trying to increase? Is it yours or is it God's? See, God's going to have none of this. God doesn't want any of us to glory in ourselves, but he wants us to glory in him. And as we talked about boasting, back to James. You know what? Some people say they are wise, right? By talking about themselves all the time. Have you ever had conversations with people that the only thing they talk about is them and the things that they're doing? We see that all the time, don't we? If we really think about as Christians, right? Who's the one that equips you and enables you? It's the Lord, right? He's the one that supplies you with everything that you have. And if he's the one that supplies you with everything that you have, then he's the one that needs to receive the glory and the honor. If you truly understand that any gift... Any good thing that you do, it comes from Him. As we've been called to serve the Lord, right? He says in His Word that I will equip you and I will enable you to do the work that I have called you to do. So this means that, you know what? It's His doing. It has nothing to do with us. So why do we have to boast about it? As His Word tells us, right? You know what? Things are done not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit. And we know that in Psalm 127.1, it tells us, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who built it. See, these are things that we need to understand. That it is God that does all. There's nothing to boast about. It's also like, as it talks about lying, right? It talks about lying against the truth. You know what? There is lying going on whenever there's envy, self-seeking, and boasting. Right? It comes into play. And a perfect example is in this, and I don't want to classify all like this, but most are like this. You look at politicians, right? You look at those that are holding offices. You know, what is it that they love to do? First of all, they're promoting themselves to take somebody, somebody's office, right? They want that office that somebody else holds. They're envious of them, right? They want that office. They want that power. And we also know 
that they're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to slander. They're going to promote themselves. They're going to boast about themselves. And they're going to lie about the things that they are going to do for you in order to do what? To become your next politician. And see, and, and this is a perfect example of this. And the Lord is saying, you know what? This stuff, this wisdom is not from above. This wisdom is actually from somewhere else. And let's go back to James, as it says in verse 15. It says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. When we talk about this, how many enemies do we have? And I think we've all heard this before, right? It's important for you to understand that you have three enemies that want to destroy you. And the first enemy that you have is your flesh. You have the world. And you have the devil himself. See, and each one of them wants you to believe that they know what's best for you. Right? If you think about it, right? Satan is constantly deceiving you into thinking that, you know what? I know what you need. Your flesh is saying, you know what? You need to satisfy me. And these are the things that you need to do to satisfy me. And the world is saying, you know what? I have so much to offer you. I know what's best for you. And each one of them are fighting for control. And this is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, you know what? Wisdom will come. But it's not coming from these sources. Understand it. These sources will only destroy you. And these sources will only bring failure into your life. I want to talk about all of them because they're mentioned here, right? And the word of God addresses each one of them. The first one is earthly. Earthly wisdom. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. And in chapter 3, let's read what God has to say about earthly wisdom. In verse 18, it says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. The Lord is saying it's worthless. The wisdom of the world is worthless. But you may say to yourself, but you know what? The wisdom, there is, you know what? There's things that the world gives us, right? That are pretty good. And we need to distinguish between what's knowledge and wisdom again. Really, I mean, when we think about this, right? We know things because... People have studied things, right? And, the, and we know that things are revealed to us. And knowledge is good. But it's how you use it. Again, that's wisdom. When we think about this, right? Think about planes. Remember the Wright brothers? They discovered that if you get to a certain level, when it comes to the air, it'll take off, right? Right? The plane will take off. 
And that's what we have today, right? When you get on a plane, it reaches a certain level. It, it's run first by the motors, but then it reaches a certain level and boom, it takes off. See, the knowledge of knowing this about the air and then the wisdom was using it to develop planes and to transport things and to transport people. The same thing is with medicine, right? When we think about medicine, uh, medicine, right? We all know that there's diseases and sicknesses out there, right? Studying them to find medicine that will cure them. You know, these things are good. But again, as I mentioned to you earlier, there are things that you can turn it for your glory, for your honor, and to destroy. And then he talks about essential wisdom, you know, when we go back to James, he mentions that there is a, a sensual wisdom. What is this? You know, we look at that and we think to ourselves, what does he mean by sensual wisdom? The Greek word for sen- sensual is where we get our word psychology. So when we think about this, right? He's talking about man's wisdom the science of the mind the science of behavior is what it's psychology right and so when we talk about this is it the lord's desire that we would seek the wisdom of man or that we would seek god's wisdom i'm going to read to you from first corinthians 125 it says because the foolishness of god is wiser than men And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So God is trying to tell us all, you know what? If you're looking for wisdom, don't go to Dr. Phil. If you're looking for wisdom, you know what? Stop looking at repeats from Oprah Winfrey, but come to me. He's saying, come to my word. I have the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge for you you know, so many of us, as, as, as Norma was sharing earlier, how the devil, you know what? He wants to just get us off track, right? He wants to hinder us. And how many of us can pick up a magazine and read it for hours, right? How many of us can pick up a book and we could read it for hours or minutes or 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, right? We can pick up all these books. But when it comes to the Word of God, How hard is it for us to pick it up? If it doesn't become part of your daily routine, you're never going to pick it up. Because the enemy is going to throw so many things at you to distract you. To not get the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge from God. He knows because the truth will set you free. And without reading it, you're not going to see these things. You're not going to know these things. You know, when it comes to the church today, it's a sad thing what is happening in our churches today. Did you know that there are many churches that are no longer teaching from the Word of God? You know what they're teaching from? They're having skits up there, right? To teach you the truth of God. Or they're bringing in the philosophy of man. They're bringing in the wisdom of man. They're going away from the scriptures and they're teaching you what the world is teaching you, what man is teaching you. And this isn't anything new, right? 
You know, taking away the truth of God, this isn't anything new. It's happened when the church began. I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, if you go to verse 4, in verse 4 it says, Now this I say, lest any one should be deceived. I'm sorry. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with pervasive, per, with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him again. Walking, right? It's by deeds. It's, it's, it's the wisdom of God that he wants us to walk in the things that he tells us. Being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And here it comes. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. What is happening today in our churches is nothing new. It's been going on since the church began. In the birth of the church, they were bringing in the philosophy of man and the ways of the world. See, one thing that as we do at Calvary Chapel is we give you verse by verse, chapter by chapter teaching to give you the counsel of God. I don't come up here and thinking you have new ideas or thinking of, you know what, how am I going to change you? You know what, I don't do any of that because I leave it up to the word of God. As it goes out, it doesn't return void. It accomplishes its perfect work. And how do I know this? Because the word of God says that it is living. It is alive. It is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It does these things on its own. I don't have to do them. The Word of God does it. See, our battle, as Paul reminded us, it isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Who's behind all of this? As James reminded us, he says, there is demonic wisdom that is out there. When we think about this, right? Demonic wisdom. When Adam and Eve were created, when the earth was birthed, when he spoke it all into existence, who was there deceiving Eve into thinking that she would be like God? She would know all things, right? Wasn't the devil there? As he was there, he was feeding into what her pride, her ego, right? And she fell for it. And we know that this is what brought what? Sin and destruction into the world. When she talked to Adam and Adam knew already what he shouldn't do. And he says, you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. See, this was demonic wisdom that was feeding into both Eve and Adam. See, the angel comes. I mean, the devil comes as an angel of light is what the word tells us, right? You don't expect him to be telling you these things. He doesn't come with his little red horns and a little tail. 
Wherever that was derived from, because it's not even biblical, they say that there's beauty in this, in this man, when you, when this, in this angel. When you see the angel, he was the most beautiful created angel that God had made. And yet he deceives us into thinking false things, lies, deceit. You know, when we think about Satan, why was he cast out of heaven? What God talks about here is what? Envious. You know, this wisdom of envy and and this wisdom that is of self-seeking. That is not of God, right? Wasn't the devil envious that God was was receiving all glory and honor and praise? Didn't he want to exalt himself also to that place of power? He says, I want to be worshipped. I want this. I want that. We have the five eyes in Isaiah 14. It was everything that he wanted. And this is demonic. And this is what the Lord is saying. You know what? Not only does he come as an angel of light, but he comes as a roaring lion. And this demonic wisdom will destroy you if you fall into its traps. If we go back to James in verse 16, it says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. You know what? We've been talking about this. Confusion means chaos there. And every evil thing is there. We are not to fall into these traps. Practicing the wisdom of man, of the world, of Satan. It's only going to bring confusion. It's going to bring destruction. It's going to bring chaos into your life. And for us, we can't be bringing this into the church. Because man will bring this into the church. I've seen churches that have been divided Because men want it. They wanted position. They wanted to be heard. And they brought it to others and people were listening to them. And they fell fell prey to their gossip and their lies and their deception. And churches have been destroyed because of this. As I've been talking about the wrong wisdom. Let's talk now about God's wisdom, right? What is it that God wants us to do? He has... His wisdom here that he's going to describe to us what it consists of. Let's read in verse 17. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Wisdom from above consists of these things. In our lives, we need to be asking for wisdom. And if you're asking for wisdom, it will consist Of what God is talking about here. See God doesn't want God's wisdom tainted with the world. With man. With Satan. Because those are for personal gain. But God's wisdom is for his glory and for his honor. Do you remember Solomon? King Solomon? One of the things that God asked King Solomon. King Solomon was a son of King David. He was considered the wisest king that Israel ever had. The, great, the second greatest king was King David, but the wisest king was his son, King Solomon. And why was that? See, when the Lord appeared to King Solomon in a dream, he asked Solomon. He says, you know what, Solomon? What do you want from me? He says, what shall I give to you? 
as the king over my people. And do you know what King Solomon asked for? He didn't ask for, you know what, I want to be the most powerful, the most richest. You know what, to have all the enemies at my footstool. Because he knows that God can do anything, right? God can give him whatever God desires. God has the power over all things. And do you know what Solomon asked for? He asked for understanding, to have an understanding heart to judge the Lord's people. Imagine that. He could have asked for anything. Anything. Riches. Anything, right? Think of those things that are coming through your mind right now. He could have asked for it, all of it, right? But instead, he wanted an understanding heart to rule his people, to rule God's people. And God was so pleased in the fact that, you know what, that his heart was about having God's wisdom. That the Lord says, you know what, not only am I going to make you the wisest man on the face of the earth, but I'm also going to give you everything else with it. Imagine what a blessing. Huh? This isn't what Solomon asked for. But because his heart was in the right place at that time, God said, you know what? I'm going to give you all. And one thing about his wisdom, his wisdom was so great, so vast, that even leaders of other nations came to King Solomon. You have the Queen of Sheba. She came to test his wisdom because she had heard, you know what? I hear about your wisdom and I want it. I want to hear it. So she came asking for advice and counsel. And when she heard the words that came out of his mouth, guess what? She praised. She praised the God that he served. She praised him for that wisdom that he had given him. See, that wisdom that he has was a wisdom that was given to glorify God. You know, for you and I, we have a lot of these wise sayings, right? Read the book of Proverbs. We've been quoting from the book of Proverbs. And when you read Proverbs, man, it, it cuts you, right? It tells you how we are to be thinking. How, what are we to be doing? How are we to be walking? What are the things that we are to avoid? It gives us the wisdom that we need. You read the Song of Solomon, it's the same thing. This is what God gave him so that we can have it. And he wrote it down for us. You know what? When it comes to us, right? Has anyone ever come to you for counsel? And then you give them counsel and they said, wow, that was great stuff. You know what? Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And they keep coming to you, right? For advice and for counsel. See, what we do is we give God's word. Many here never gone to or never had biblical training, but you have God's word and that's all that you need, right? Because it's his counsel that we're giving. And this is a counsel that God wants us to give out. This is his wisdom for others. You know, as his word says that, you know what? His word was given to give us truth. It was given to us to correct us, to get us back on track. To instruct us in what we are to do so that we can be complete and equipped for every good work. We have this through his word. And there are so many people that are out there that are looking for truth. You have it. Do you know what brings God glory is when you're sharing his word with others? 
When you share his truth with others, this is what he wants from us. This is what he expects us. He doesn't say, you know what, I give you the truth so that you can hold it and keep it to yourself. He wants the wealth to be shared with others. The wealth that you have in God's word, knowing these things that you've been taught. He wants you to share it. You know what? I'm going to share something with you. When it comes to knowledge, we receive knowledge from the word of God and we also have his wisdom. The knowledge from the word of God is knowing that, you know what? That there's a lost world out there. That people are dying in their sin. And you know what the wisdom of God is? Is to go out and share the truth. To share the gospel message. To share the truth and the deliverance and the forgiveness and the grace and the love of God. Are we doing this? You know, God desires that we would. But as he tells us, the wisdom that is from above is first pure. What does it mean that wisdom must be pure? See, wisdom from God, it leads us to live a life of holiness, of purity. This is what he's talking about here. God says to be holy, right? For I am holy, he says. I'm holy and I'm expecting you also to be holy. See, man's wisdom will lead you to sin. God's wisdom will lead you to walk in holiness and righteousness and purity. When it comes to peaceable, we look at this word here, peaceable. God's wisdom will always lead us to be at peace with others. That's the wisdom of God. You are to live in peace with others. His word says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, is what his word says. But the wisdom of man tells you, be at competition with others. Be at war with others. You know what? Don't let them get ahead of you. Do whatever you can to get ahead of them. You know what? That person doesn't like you. Don't go talk to them. Don't befriend them. It's always creating competition and strife. It's always creating division. But the wisdom of God tells us, you know what? We are to be at peace with others. What else does he tell us? He says, you know what? Wisdom from above is gentle. One thing we know about the Lord is his word told us that he is gentle and lowly at heart. In other words, he has humility and he's gentle. God's wisdom moves us to be kind and loving to others. Man's wisdom says, don't show your weakness. Don't be kind to them. Don't love them. You know what? Don't be worrying about other people. Just worry about yourself. You're the one that needs the attention. You're the one that needs help. You're the one that, you know what? That deserves people to come to you and to help you. God's wisdom says, you know what? Be gentle with all people. He says, you know what? I want you to be willing to yield. God's wisdom moves us to be agreeable and submissive to others. Man's wisdom says, you know what? Don't do it. Don't give in. Right? You know what it's saying? You know what? Don't, don't give in to their ideas. You have better ideas. 
You have better ways of doing things. This comes from the devil, from the world, from Satan. If you're looking at both comparisons, you can see where the world and man and Satan is telling you to do these other things. And God is saying, you know what? Do the opposite. See, what's so amazing about God's word is that it is so contrary to man and what the world teaches. Many people come to the surrender of Jesus Christ because they read that these words and they say, you know what, these words are not written from man because I know my heart and I know how wicked it is, how despicable it is. But yet God's words are contrary because only God could have written these things because our hearts are so far from the word of God. But I do want to share this with you when it comes to willing to yield. We as Christians, it doesn't mean that we're yielding to sin, okay? Or to compromise your faith. That isn't what James is writing about here. Because he wants you to remain holy and pure, right? This is the wisdom that he's talking about. We don't yield to sin. And then he talks about full of mercy. Wisdom from above. We don't give people what they deserve, do we? You know, people that hurt us, people that harm us. You know what? People that are our enemies. We are kind and forgiving towards them. See, man's wisdom will say, you know what? They don't deserve your kindness. They don't deserve your forgiveness. They messed you up. Don't forgive them. Don't be kind to them. God's word says to love your enemies. You know what? To be kind to them. Merciful. You know what? As we do these things, what happens? Is we lead people to the cross, right? The love that we give out where they can't believe. You know what? I did all this to you. And yet you're still being kind to me. You're still loving me. You don't attack me the way I attack you. God tells us in his words that blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And then he says, good fruits. Wisdom from above will bear good fruits. God's wisdom will always bear good fruit in the world. In those that are around us, in and through us. He's going to bear good fruit. Fruit with eternal value. But you know what does man's wisdom say? It says, you know what? Don't worry about others. You know what man's wisdom is saying? You know what? Live for yourself. Live for your pleasures. Live to gain as much as you can for yourself. Not for others, but for you. That's man's wisdom. That's a world's wisdom. That's Satan's wisdom. And God's wisdom tells us to be impartial. As we talked earlier, to love your neighbor, to love your enemy, to treat them all the same. Man's wisdom says to be, light, to be loving and kind to only those that are good to you. You know what? Don't, you know what? When it comes to partiality, you know what? Only certain people deserve certain things. You give it to them only. God says, you know what? You give it to all. All the same. Just like I gave my love and my, uh, my love to all. And then he tells us that wisdom from above is without hypocrisy. Meaning that wisdom 
should be sincere. And what do I mean by sincere? God's wisdom is telling us to be honest and open with everybody. Man's wisdom says, you know what? Be a two-faced, right? Be a hypocrite. You know what? You could treat the church people like this, but people in the world treat them another way. Or you know what? Behave a certain way here and behave another way over there. Right? Don't we hear these thoughts all the time? You know what? They're not believers. You don't have to treat them. You know what? You don't treat them with respect like you treat believers. Or behave a certain way. You know what? It's so easy to be Christians on Sunday and and, and Thursday at this fellowship, right? We're at our best. But in the world... We have man's wisdom, the world's wisdom, Satan's wisdom, and we're exercising that. And God says, stop it. That's not my wisdom. I want you to be a man that exercises godly wisdom. And verse 18, and we're going to finish with this. It says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know, as we've been talking about bitter envy and self-seeking, boasting and lying. You know, these are contrary to God. And none of this promotes unity and peace. But when it comes to the Lord, he's saying, you know what? The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know what? In order for us to have peace, because our hearts... You know what? Our hearts are at war, aren't they? Isn't there a battle going on within our hearts? And God says, you know what? I want to bring peace in your heart. And the peace begins when we make peace with God. Because we have a peace that comes upon us, that comes to live in us. And it is His Spirit that leads us and guides us. And He's saying, you know what? You are showing the fruit of righteousness when you begin to exercise what I do. Which is to bring peace. And this is what the Lord wants from us. He says, in this church, I don't want there to be divisions. I don't want there to be strife. I don't want there to be competition. God is saying, you know what? I just want all of you to walk in the ways that I've just shown you today. These words that I have given you, this is the way I want you to be. Seek my wisdom. Don't go after the things of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. For man, the pride of life. You know what? Don't be deceived by the lies of Satan as he wants you to walk in sin. He's saying, you know what? Do as I say. And you will see the abundant life that you will have. The life that is filled with joy. I'm going to finish with one final scripture. And it's in Proverbs. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. And this is for all of us. It says, happy is the man who finds wisdom. And the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds, he's talking about wisdom's proceeds, are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her wisdom. This is for you and I. 
If we want the wisdom of God, seek it. He says, and you will find it. God tells us, if you seek, if you seek me, those who diligently seek me, they will find me. And with that, we're going to close. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you, Lord, for just your glorious word, Lord. Your reminder today, Lord, of, of just the wisdom that comes from above, Lord. Not the wisdom that comes from man. Not the wisdom that comes from this world. Not the wisdom that is demonic, Lord. But the wisdom that comes from you. As your word says, happy is a man that finds it. Are we living in your wisdom? Or have we been living another type of wisdom? If there is anyone here that may not have this wisdom. This wisdom starts when you surrender yourself to the Lord. It starts when you yield to him, when you come to him in faith. He offers so much. He gives you the wisdom that you need. He gives you forgiveness. He brings peace. He brings joy. He says he fills our heart with love. And we have eternal life. But the only way to receive it is when you say yes to him, right? When we humble ourselves this is what he shared with us today. If there's anyone here that wants to commit your life to the Lord, to say yes to him and to receive all that he has, all the blessings that he has for you, that he has stored for you, it's that time now. If you want to do this, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Anybody want to receive the Lord? Anybody wants to commit his life to him? Raise your hand and we will pray for you. Anyone want this? Anyone here? Anyone here? Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Before we close. Anyone else? Lord, you saw this hand that went up, Lord. Lord, she is asking for you, Lord, to come into her heart, Lord. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. For the fact that you will, Lord. And the fact is, is that she's inviting you in, Lord. She needs you. And Lord, we thank you, Lord. We know that she's been bathed and all she needs is her feet to be washed, Lord. And I thank you for that. If there's anyone here that needs the wisdom of God, that you've been making choices that, that are according to the world, that are according to man or according to Satan. Raise your hand and we will pray for you. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Anyone else that wants to pray for godly wisdom? Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Lord Jesus, you see these hands that went up, Lord. They're not pleased with the choices they've been making, Lord. How they've been walking in. But now, Lord Jesus, are asking you to convert these, this wisdom, Lord, to destroy this wisdom, Lord, and to replace it with godly wisdom. Lord, we know that as we come to you, you don't disappoint us, Lord. And so we just want to thank you, Lord. We want to give you praise, glory, and honor. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.